Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. We are glad you are taking advantage of this resource. If you would like to find out more information about our church or connect with us, go to cornerstonebv.org. You can also check us out on our Facebook page, at CornerstoneBV. We hope that the message today impacts your life and draws you closer in your walk with Christ. Well, good morning. How are we doing this morning? All right, not bad, but I feel like we need to get our blood going a little bit. So I brought my exercise stuff here. I got some shorts and sneakers. Um, I even have my weights. Got to start somewhere, right? Five pounders. Good color. Um, so who's with me? Who wants to exercise? <laughs> Kelly, you lying. That's what you're doing. <laughs> so um, you're already thinking like, you took away our donuts. We can't have those anymore. Now you want to, what is this, a health club, Jamie, right? So, no, it's not. But uh, we, we're not, you know, I, I, I won't make you exercise today. But I do want you to help me just exercising your arm, okay? So help me out. Don't say, oh, he doesn't mean me. I do mean you, all right? And, and this is going to seem real obvious, but help us out here. Raise your hand if you think exercise, physical exercise is good for your body, mind, even your soul. Just raise your hand. Okay, pretty much. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. I know it's going to get tired. You need to exercise that arm a little bit more. All right. Okay. Now, so that's pretty much everybody, right? Um, last night, a couple of people didn't, and I was like, hey, go with it. Whatever. Uh, so, all right. So now keep your hand raised. If you would say right now, you know what? I'm doing my best to get some exercise, some form, but put it down if you're like, no, that ain't me right now. Go ahead. Be honest. It's okay. No shame. All right, now look around. We've lost a lot of people, okay? Now put your hand down if, you know what, I exercise, but I do not like it. Keep it up if you love your exercise. Oh, wow. There's a few people that are lying here. No, I'm kidding. You guys, All right, put, put your hands down. So we lost people as we went, right? And the interesting thing about exercise is in order to do it, you need to be somewhat healthy, right? You can't be dead, of course. You can't be lying in a hospital bed uh, sick or injured. You, you just, it's healthy to exercise. Everyone knows it, but you can't, right? So you kind of have to be healthy to exercise. But we all know that if you are, the more you exercise, the healthier, healthier you become. But we also know that we're, we have all been there. Some of you, very honest today, I've been there too, where you're like, I know I should be, and I know it's the healthy thing to do, but I don't. I don't have time, I don't feel like it, whatever, I'm just in a rut, right? And I just don't, especially in New England winters, it's hard, right? And, and so we, we, we know this, like we know there's a, a divide between what we should do and what we do do. And so the, the, we're not, I'm not preaching on exercise today, so nobody panic and run out the door, all right? But in a lot of ways, when we're talking about this faith in Hebrews 11, it, we're going to get to this, this sort of exercising our faith, what, what, what shows we're healthy and what uh, makes us healthier. And, and the exercise of, of our faith is giving God our first and best. Now, that's not just a financial thing. It's really anything that's of value to us. Time, abilities, talents, monies. Like, it's, it's the more we uh, do it, the healthier we become. Right, but we have to be healthy to do it. So it kind of works that way, like physical exercise. And, you know... If I, I'm not going to do this, but if I were, the real question for us today isn't about physical exercise. It's about faith exercise. And, and it's asking that question that, you know, if, uh, if I had, and I won't, but if we raise your hand, if we're all the Christians in the room, said, oh, do you think it's good and healthy to give God your first and best? I think all of us raise our hand. I hope, right? Because it's like, yeah, that, that makes sense, right? But then 
All right, who's pursuing that? And some hands might start to go down. Some might do this, and some would be like this. I think right now I'm in a good place. I'm giving God, at least I'm trying to. And then how many have the right attitude while they're doing that, right? How many like doing that? That's a whole nother level. How many hands would still be raised? And so that's what we're going to talk about in this series on faith today is exercising, right, our faith. And, and especially seeing that in the story of Cain and Abel. By faith, Abel. Abel. Let's pray. Lord, I, I ask you to bless us in this topic. A lot of times talking about this, Lord, is a lot like talking about physical exercise. We know we need it, but we don't really want to think about it. But Lord, we desperately want not to perform for you, but to desire your presence more than the world's presence, the world's stuff, the world's things. And Lord, that's so hard for us sometimes. We confess that, that we might be here in a spot where some are just giving so much to you. Praise God for them. Encourage them to keep going. But Father, some of us just aren't right now. Lord, we pray not that we would feel great shame, but we would feel great hope and that you call us back to your presence and that you would do a work in us today like only you can do because you know our hearts better than you do. You certainly, Father, know the hearts of your people here better than I do. And so you know what we need. Give it to us, God, and help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So uh, if, if you have your Bibles, we'll put it on the screen. So... Uh, uh, but if you do have, if you, maybe I told you to bookmark from last week, because um, we're going to be in Hebrews 11 quite a bit, and today just one verse from Hebrews 11, uh, verse 4. And so you can get that, but you can also find Genesis chapter 4, chapter 4, because that's the story where we're going to be spending most of our time. And so we'll, we'll go from Hebrews 11, 4 to Genesis chapter 4. You know, thinking about this topic prompted me to, to, to just say to you, um, something that I say to God all the time, and I mean this as genuine as I can say it, I love being a pastor of this church. I love this church family. Are we perfect? No, right? But I love what God has done here. You know, this, and that includes people, uh, all of you just giving to some degree God your first and best. Like, we, I know a lot of pastors, obviously, in different churches, and it's been, like a lot of things in the world, this last year has been a huge struggle um, to even have a live stream service, let alone any kind of person, you know, in-person gathering. There's some churches still not even able to do it, and yet we've not only had live stream, but we have had three gatherings a weekend since May, and that has taken a team effort, right? Especially since December. People out, quarantine, staff, elders, worship team, children, like everybody. We need people to step up in ways that, you know, it's, it was hard to ask people to do it, but I've ne I haven't seen If you've had a bad attitude, I haven't seen it. So as far as I'm concerned, you've all had good attitudes about it, right? As long as I don't see it, we're good, you know? But uh, it's just been amazing. Not just that, but the giving um, and the ways we're able to bless. We just most recently, just one example, uh, we're able to give gifts to all the principals in our uh, just immediate communities of Uxbridge and Northbridge because what a difficult job that's been for them uh, this year. And we just said, hey, we love you and we want to encourage you. Nothing else from our church, from you. 
right? And we were able to do that because of you, along with so many other things this, this past year. We're having a, a baptism in March of around 10 people, maybe more, you know, uh, and, and that's like amazing. I was just talking with, last night after church, with uh, a woman in her 20s who is getting baptized. She's a new believer. She started coming to church this summer, right? So if we weren't open, she wouldn't have heard the gospel. We wouldn't be able to gather and, and celebrate her baptism, right? And that's just one story. So I want to thank you, and that's everybody, those who are home online, those who will be in the service at 11, or those who were here last night, and all of you. So um, it, it's been amazing what God has done, even though I want us to go back to normal, whatever that will be, is. Um, but I still can't help see how much God has, has done in this, you know? So just keep keep going. And so when we see this topic, it's really just about a check engine check. Like, what, where are we with God? Um, and, and last week, Hebrews 11, we kind of went back in Hebrews 10, and we just looked at context, where the Hebrews writer uh, was writing to this church, and they were just getting tired of being persecuted for their faith in Christ. And they were just starting to get weary and not greet, not gather together, and not, right, and they were beginning to drift away, back to Judaism, back to other things, and he was just like, look, this whole letter is to just encourage them, there's nothing and no one greater than Jesus, right, and, and, and so we get to this chapter 11, Faith Hall of Fame, there are examples, we're going to see here, by faith, Abel, and remember what we said last week, this isn't like going to the Baseball Hall of Fame, where you see like, you know, Babe Ruth and Ted Williams and say, wow, they were great. This is actually to inspire us to say, all right, by faith, Abel, by faith, Abel, by faith, Sarah, right? By faith, by faith, someday someone could say, by faith, Jamie, or by faith, you did what God called you to do. It's to inspire us. We can do it because these people are just as flawed and just as weary as we can become, right? And so when you look with me, this, this, this continuation, he uses this literary device, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. It's ironic. You know why? If you were uh, an actor and you like to do drama and do plays, and you were trying out for the story of Cain and Abel, you would not want Abel. You know why? He has no lines. <laughs> You're like, that's so lame. You'd want Cain. Cain talks a lot here, right? You get to act and be Cain. But in real life, you don't want to be Cain. You want to be Abel. Abel doesn't speak. Does that mean he never spoke? Of course he did. Just the Genesis account, Abel never talks. And yet, the Hebrews writer says, he speaks to us today. This is pre-flood. This is now so many years later. And for us in 2021 here today, he's still speaking. How? Through his words? No. By his faith. He's speaking. Because why? Specifically the faith of bringing something to God that was acceptable. Okay? So, let's, uh, if, if you're following along with us, let's find that spot in Genesis chapter 4. And this is where we'll camp out for most of our, our time. The story of Cain and Abel. This, uh, by the way, is the first story in our Bibles, first account, narrative, outside of Eden. Right? First three chapters, creation, Adam and Eve, all it's good. They're perfect presence with God. That's, that's very important. 
perfect presence. They walk with God. There is no sin. There's no, because what sin does always, even today, sin always brings separation between us and God. The more that sin permeates us, the more separated we are from God. And so Adam and Eve go from this perfect presence to out of the garden, right? But they still have a relationship with God. It's just different now, right? And now we're going to see this first account. It's going to show how that sin is beginning like a toilet bowl to just infiltrate everything till we get to today, right? Where it's just like, and, that, and that's really what Genesis is teaching us, how sin entered and brought death and judgment and separation from God. And also, though, the Bible is the unveiling truth of how God is redeeming us from that, eventually through his son, Jesus Christ. So it is good news, but it also involves that underlining bad news. And you're going to see that in this first account outside of the, the garden, especially in the life of Cain. He, he says, now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. So it's kind of cool to see Eve, who we see earlier in chapter 3, sin with Adam, of course. Now she's sort of turning back to God. She's, she's looking at God, God has helped me. It's a cool way to, thing to see but the reason she says that is because in Genesis 3.15, God promised, though you are going to be judged for your sin, I will redeem and it will come through your seed. Of course, way down the line, and that will be Jesus Christ. But Eve is just looking at having this son is that promise that God is making. She's starting to see the fruition of that. And, and so she's turning to God. And she has these two sons. She had many more kids. You've got to remember that. They lived a long, long time. And they had a ton of kids, right? But the Bible's really concerned with Cain and Abel, and eventually Seth, when Cain and Abel are gone, right? But, but he's, he, he has these two uh, sons, and they grow up, and one is a farmer, right? That's Cain. And one is, has sheep, and that's Abel. Those two things, right? If you're a farmer even today, your crops are your wealth, right? That's your possessions. That's your paycheck, Right? The, the better, healthier, and more, the more you have. Same with your sheep. The healthier they are, the more you have, the richer you are. Right? So, so that, that's just important as this, as this uh, gets set up, this narrative. Verse 3. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. Right? Remember what the Hebrews writer said? That by faith he speaks to us. The Lord accepted it. The Lord was pleased with Abel's offering. We're going to see not so much with Cain. Right? So basically what you see here is both of these brothers go to church. Maybe not to a building like this with a pastor preaching a sermon, but they come to worship. And their worship they had set up was to bring a portion of what God had given them, farming crops, sheep, right? Bring a portion to God. So they both do that. And that's interesting, right? Cain isn't just not doing it. He does go through the motions of, of doing it, but they do it in very, very different ways, right? Verse 5, remember, Abel has been accepted and pleases God with his, but for Cain and his offering, God had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. That actually should be translated scowled, which is really the same thing because it's like a petulant little child. You've seen it. You've even been it, right? 
right? That's the picture. Why haven't you accepted my offering? God never cares about me. God blesses my brother. God doesn't do. I never get, right? That is Cain, okay? And boy, do we have a lot of descendants of Cain in the world today. I'm not going to believe in God. If he doesn't bless, I'll tell you what, I, well, God never did, but God, right, I hear it all the time, and I, I get it to a degree, right, people think God is here for us, instead of understanding we're here to bring glory to God. It's completely the opposite. And so he has, Cain has, what many of us sometimes suffer from, and that is this idea that, that God should accept me on my terms instead of his. That's what Cain wants. Take what I give you. That's good, right? I mean, it's better than nothing. And, and yet, if, if we even today could just get this Americanized version of religion out of our heads, that we do not vote God in and out of office. We accept God on his terms, period. If you don't like it, he's God. There's not... It's not, well, I don't like that. I want to make an amendment, God. It's just not how it works, right? But we in the West, we just think, well, we need to hold a town meeting and have a vote. It doesn't work that way. And by the way, you don't want it to work that way because he's God. And he knows everything that we need so much more than even we do. And yet, Cain has that attitude of of scowling and upset. So it's not just about his offering. It's about his attitude behind it, isn't it? Right? So why was Abel, in his offering, accepted? Well, because he gave his first and best. The Genesis writer doesn't really tell us, but the Hebrews writer tells it, us it was by his faith. That means, I trust you, God. Like, I'm not holding back from you. You gave me all these sheep anyway. So he gave his firstborn, that's the first, and he gave the fat portions, which I know for us, fat, that doesn't sound good. That's the best. Okay, And he brings that to God. And that's faith. That's saying, God, you gave me all this anyway. You're letting me hold on to all of this. All I really want is your presence. I want to worship you. I want to walk in your presence. And, and you bless me how you want to bless me. You give what you want to give. I'm trusting you, right? And so that's why he was accepted. Not just because God needed a lot of good sheep. You think God needed that? No. He wanted his heart. And, and, and Cain, on the other hand, was the opposite of faith, sin, as we see. The Lord's going to deal with Cain. The Lord is um, so gracious to uh, even deal with Cain here. He says to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? Right? If you're a parent, you've said this. Wipe that off that look off your face right now. He says it more gracious than I ever did. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire, meaning sin, is contrary to you. It's against you, right? But you must rule over it. Get a hold of that, Cain, right now, because it's crouching at your door, right? And, and, and that's, um, he, when he says you can do well, he's not just saying you can give me more. He's saying you can have the heart that your brother has, a heart of faith, of trust, right? And, and want me more than your, your crops and, and, and your money and, and whatever else you're looking for. You, you should be craving me. All that stuff's fine in their place, but want more of me and you'll do all the better. But if you don't, sin is 
crouching at your door. Now, what does that mean? When I, when I, um, when I think of sin crouching at your door, I, I think of this video. Are you ready? All right, watch this with me. That's me most mornings before coffee right there. So be grateful you don't have to see that. Right, no. So kind of like, so obviously the sin's in the cabinet and you and me are, and Cain are right there, right? So a sin is crouching your door. It, maybe it's more uh, the imagery of a, of a cat like that instead, right? Crouching and waiting. And so the idea for Cain is God's like, look, keep going, Cain. Keep going there. It will devour you. Or... Turn back. Turn back. God has not kicked him out yet. God has not done. He's said, come back to me. Right? You have that, that, that chance. And all of us, when God rebukes us, it doesn't feel good. But, man, the, the, it, it's, a, it's an opportunity to turn back. Right? So what is Cain going to do with that rebuking from God? Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field... Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Killed him. This is the first murder of many, 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 many to come. Because when sin devours, not just a person, but the world, the effect is that we lose complete regard for the imago Dei, which is the image of God imprinted in every single man and woman alive. We begin to lose regard. That's how slavery happened. We lose regard. That's how genocide happens. We lose regard. That's how murder and we use people because we lose regard for the Imago Dei. That's why when God commands us to love him, he says, love one another and love me. But that's the first step. He kills his own brother because he's scowling at God. It's how easy it happens. So now Cain is a murderer and Abel is dead. So the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And Cain said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Well, now he became a teenager somehow, right? And, and it's amazing. It's like Cain, he's asking the question, this isn't a police officer that just pulled you over. You think you can get away with a lie, right? Or fake your way through this. This is God. He doesn't ask questions because he doesn't know the answers. He asks them to get you to think. So he's like, where's your brother? How could you do this? He's like, I don't know. See, here's what happens with sin. Not only do you lose your, your um, regard for the Imago Dei, you lose your regard for God, which now we have many, 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 many generations later, right? Sin permeating the world. How many people out there have no regard for God? No desire. No wonder how can this happen? Sin. That's what the end result is. If you let sin devour, you will either not believe in God or say, I don't want God. That's just what happens. And see how it brings separation. Now he's not only like, he hates his brother. He's like, I don't care what you say, God. I don't want my, my brothers keep, like, who talks to God like that? Those who don't regard him. And so the Lord deals with him, verse 10. And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Isn't it interesting? The second time we see Abel, who doesn't speak, speaks. Speaks out crying for the justice, speaks out in faith through the generations. So he's dead. 
And so God says, and now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you walk, work the ground, it shall no longer yield to its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Still whining. This isn't him saying, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. This is, are you kidding me? This is the guy who just killed a bunch of people, goes and is sarcastic to the judge. The judge gives him life and he says, that's too much. Right? That's what this is. It's him saying, God, it's too much. He's still concerned about him. Right? That's, that's all he cares about, this punishment. He doesn't care about the sin, the presence of God, any of that. Right? And, and, and he says, this is too much. And he continues to God. He says, behold, you have driven me today away from the ground. And from your face, from your face, I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. See how close Cain is to seeing the real problem? He says, I'm going to be separated from you, away from your presence, your face. But Cain doesn't care about that. Cain's worried that people are going to hurt him. He's worried about his physical life. He's worried about being killed and, and all of that. Not that he's going to be away from the presence of God. That's his whole problem. Abel recognized, right? Because here's the thing about Cain's life. We're not going to read on, but if you do, Cain gets married, has kids, builds a city. If you read that on the surface, you're like, man, Cain had a way better life than that. Abel, Cain did it better. If all you care about is the here and now in this life, absolutely. But Abel said, take all of it. I want the presence of God. And Abel got it for all of eternity by faith. Cain got a wife, some kids, some fun times. Away from the presence of God. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? The answer, I hope, is absolutely not that there is no amount of sex or money or popularity or fame or pleasures or comforts or weekends or, or, or vacations or, or big houses or great cars. None of that is worth the presence of God. Cain said that it was. The Lord, though, responds to Cain and he said to him, not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. East of Eden. Eden is paradise. It's the presence of God. Adam and Eve were driven out because of sin. Now Cain, even further. Further. That's what sin does. It devours it separates. That's what hell is. It's eternal separation from the presence of God. Who would want that? And yet so many choose it every day, like Cain did. I'd rather have my life. I'd rather have my pleasures, and, and, and I'll be the master of my own, but I don't want the presence of God. But God is so gracious in his common grace that he puts a mark on Cain. That's not a bad thing. That protected Cain, right? So many, even today, Say, I don't want God. And yet they enjoy all of the common graces that God provides. All the while spitting in his face. How good is God, even to those who hate him? Even to those who don't want him? He just so much wants us to have the faith of Abel. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. 
through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts and through his faith. Though he died, he still speaks. And so the, the place we want to land this morning is, does his faith speak to me? Does it speak to you? And how? You know, I was thinking about this last night um, after church. I feel like, I was like talking to the Lord, I, was, I feel like whenever a topic of, of any kind of giving, sacrifice, like I always feel like, man, it's going to be great. Like I just, I love the story of Cain and Abel, and it just kind of falls flat. It doesn't mean people are like, I hated that sermon, anything like that. It's just kind of like, eh. And I think it's because, have you ever been with someone when you're, you've kind of gained a few pounds and you're not really exercising and you know you probably should be, and you're with someone who's like got the routine down? The yoga pants, right? And they're like, I got the abs and I'm doing six miles a day. And you're like, oh, God, rescue me, right, from this. Because you know exercise, but you're just like, I know it. I just don't want to think about it, right? And so it's a similar kind of thing. And I don't want you to think that way. Like, I, I, don't, I, I want you to let God kind of do a check engine light for you. And it could mean keep going. This is awesome. And it could mean wake up. Sin is crouching at your door. I don't know, right? But what I know is God knows. And if you let him ask that question, don't feel the, oh, Jamie, don't do that. I, it's bother. Like, actually just say, right, what, what, do, what is Abel and his faith speaking to me? And really just that first. Remember, exercise physically, you can't do it if you're not healthy. So using it as a temperature gauge for my life in Christ. And, and just ask, like, like, is my faith right now healthy? Is it healthy? Both Cain and Abel went to church, right? One was extremely healthy, seen by his faith. The other was not seen by his sin. And so the, the, the way to check that, first and best to God, is that happening? Or am I at least, you know, trying to go for a run three days a week, right? Like I'm not maybe there, but I'm, I'm seeking it out, right? And then, of course, what's my attitude while I give my first and best to God, right? And, 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 and so, uh, you know, Abel wanted God to accept his dribs and drabs, right? He wanted them to accept the, the linted coin in his pocket, right? He wanted him to take that. And God was like, no, I want your heart. That's not about how much. I'm God right? It's about, do you want my presence more than the world? And until you recognize that, you're going to keep allowing sin to devour you and get attracted to the shiny coins of this world. So this is anything when you ask God to evaluate. This is anything that's of value to you, right? Anything. Not just your bank account, but how about your time? We in our culture are the busiest people ever on the planet, and we waste the most time. <laughs> How's that work? Well, that's pretty much by every uh, measuring stick. We're the busiest, and we waste the most time. We have so many distractions. And so we're, we find time is precious. And so ask the Lord, do I, do I seek to spend time with God in prayer? I want to be in the Word. Do I prioritize the gathering? Do I... Do I serve in ministry, right? Do I want to do that? It's a sacrifice of time, right? You can watch another binge Netflix show, or you can go serve in that ministry and feed the homeless, or, or do that, You're like, like the time, right? But what am I doing? Am I giving, not necessarily all of it to God, but am I saying, God, what's the first? What's the best? 
my abilities, right? That God gave us all gifts, abilities, talents, right? He gave that to us. Are you looking at that? Well, that's mine. I honed it. I did. No, it's not. God get, Like, the reason you're good at that is God did it. And even you honing it was God giving you the ability to hone it, right? I mean, you're living a place where you have the ability to go to college and, and go to a gym and go to work. I mean, it's like you have been, by God's grace, given that, right? So am I saying, well, all right, God, how do you want me to give my first and best to you, right? The money is another one. It's one that, that Cain and Abel struggled with. They, the, the idea with money, people have been arguing since the New Covenant whether or not the tithe, which is 10% of our income, is for today. Right? And it's really not the point, is it? The point is, am I giving God my first and best? Or am I like, well, God, after I pay this, after I do this, after I have this, uh, uh, all right, we'll see what's left over. You see where God would say, just keep it. <laughs> I don't want that. Because I don't need your money, right? I don't need your time. I want your heart. I want you to trust me. I want you to say, man, I trust you, God. And every one of us is like, man, I could have went to Hawaii, right? Or I could have, right, if I did. But, but, but I'm trusting God. If he wants me to go to Hawaii, I'll go, right? If he wants me to have that, I, I want his presence. I don't want sin crouching at my door. So there's all of these. And there might be other categories you can think of that's very valuable to you. It doesn't mean all of it. You, you don't have to live in a monk, as a monk in a you know, monastery somewhere. It's saying, but God, I want you to be first on my list, okay? And then the second thing you ask is, what's my attitude while I do that, right? Like, like what, what is it like when I do that? And so that question says, am I healthy? Am I healthy? And if you, if, if you come up with the honest answer, I don't think I'm healthy. I know I should be, but I'm not. One of two things is true. Like one, you're not a Christian. You come to church, but you just haven't put your faith in Christ. You're not born again. God hasn't redeemed you. So your whole, you can't do any of this until you just surrender your life to Christ. You just say, Christ, you saved me. Come in and save me for my sin. Help me. Just change my heart, right? That's what you need to do today. The second, sin is crouching at your door. Man, that, that tiger crouches at my door all the time. And there's been times where I've been partially devoured. Praise God for Jesus that he rescued me from the mouth of the devouring. But that might be you, right? And so you can do one of two things in response to that. You can say, well, I don't like this. And I can scowl at the pastor and at God and stomp on and bring your ball and go home. I don't advise that. That's what Cain did. And all that is is going from the presence of God. And you will regret that for all of eternity instead be humbled and say, God, I blew it. Help me. I want to come back. I want your presence. I want to give, show me. And it doesn't mean you become perfect overnight. It just says, man, I'm just going to find a place that, that I, I haven't been giving God my first and best. I'm just going to do it. And let's see what happens. Let's see how God favors and how God blesses with that. And, and, and so if you ask that first question, you're like, you know what, Jamie, I, I do exercise, right? I, I am Maybe not as healthy as I need to be, but I, I, I'm, I'm making an attempt to do that. I, I try to give in ministry or in, uh, in my prayer life. I, 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 I gave to, to w- when we helped build that church in Cuba or in Philippines. I gave a lot of money to that. I, I've given my time in this ministry. That Praise God for that, right? I already said in the beginning that, man, this church is full of people like that. Praise God, right? But then the, the, the question, though, is how can I get healthier, Remember? It's like, on one hand, you got to be healthy to exercise, so that means you're healthy. But on the other hand, the more you exercise, 
right? The more you do that, the healthier you become. Do you want to be even healthier in your faith? Then find places that God, it's not me, it's God saying, you can do more here. Or it's your attitude, right? Some of us are still giving or still serving and we're doing all like this. Mm. Right? So check why that. Maybe, maybe you've forgotten that doing ministry isn't about you. And it's not about your fulfillment, satisfaction, enjoyment. I hope you get all of that. It's really just about bringing your worship and your best to God. And he'll use it how he uses it, right? And there's times where it feels like it's useless. So what? You're giving to God. Your time, you're giving to God. Your treasures, you're giving to God. Your abilities. And so go back to saying, God, help me with my attitude with this. I'm tired, I'm weary, I'm just, help me. I want to I give you not just my best, but I want to give you my best attitude because that's truly faith. Okay, that's truly faith. So here's what I want to do um, in closing. Is I want, because this is a type of situation where, like talking about exercise, we like to escape that conversation as soon as possible. So I want to keep you prisoned for a couple more minutes, all right? And I'm going to invite our, our um, worship team up. And we're going to do what we've been doing the last few weeks, except I'm going to give you time to just ask these questions to God. Okay, and just say, God, what, am I healthy, and where can I be healthier? All right, so they're going to come up. Um, I'm going to lead us in a little prayer and just give you a couple of minutes. Sorry about that being in your way, Elaine. She was complaining yesterday. I said, Timmy never complains about that when I put it. She wasn't complaining. So close your eyes and take it just a Deep breath, okay? Not going to be here much longer. Some of you are thinking about, I got to go for a run after this, and that's, uh, that's fine. You can pray while you run, or I often lament while I run. And the first is just asking if um, the Lord, am I healthy? Am I healthy? And really that two questions to come up is, am I a Christian? And if you aren't, this is just an opportunity to just put your faith in Christ, all of it. Not in religion, not in Pastor Jamie, not in any story, or just in Christ. He died for you. You can have his presence for all of eternity because of Christ. All you need to do is believe. Put your faith, repent of your sin, believe. And, and if you've done that, it's just maybe there's sin crouching at your door. Just confess that. Or just let God sift through your life show you whether or not you're healthy. And if you are, praise God. Thank him for that. Let's pray. Father, Father, would you, in Jesus' name, lead those here who are not born again in Jesus. Show them and reveal them to them how desperately they need you and call their hearts to salvation. Oh God, we want to see them know you not just come to church, but know you, Jesus. Give them the words of faith to pray, Jesus, save me, help me, redeem me. Lord God, we would love to see the people that you saved this morning baptized to identify with our new faith in Christ, our Lord. And Lord, would you lovingly and kindly rebuke those of us Show us the areas where sin is crouching in our door and if we're not healthy, show us all those areas of our life where we might be sick and need help. Oh God, 
we ask you as hard as that might be to show us because we want healing, we want redemption, we want to come back to your presence, oh God. And it's in Jesus' name. Give yourself a minute to let God sift through the areas of your life. Are you giving God your first and best? What's your attitude while you do it? Feel free to keep with that if you are called to. Sometimes a couple of minutes isn't enough. But I also want us to ask the question, if we are somewhat healthy in our faith, to ask the Lord where we can be healthier. Father, I, I want to pray for the many believers in this room who, who do strive to give you the first and best. We're not perfect, we know that, and that's why we're praying this prayer, but, but they're faithful, and you're pleased by them. That's just so thankful for how many are in this church that are like that, at least from my perspective. I, I, I pray that, Lord, in that, you would reveal to us, me included, please, clearly, God, and lovingly and kindly, ways we can give more to exercise our faith. You know our hearts better than we do. Show us our attitudes where they're going wrong, like little check engine lights that are just kind of showing an indicator that we're, we're going the wrong way. Just show us, Lord. Show us where we're doing things out of obligation and we're weary and frustrated. Give us the joy of your presence even more. Show us where we need to rely on your mercy again. Oh God, as your people, we want to be like Abel, where your presence is better than anything else. And that our faith might speak for generations like his does to us. And Lord, we want to reject the life of Cain. The life of Cain, where we would desire the trinkets that will rust and rust instead of you. We just want 
it appeals to us. It's crouching there, God, but we want to reject it and crave your presence. In Jesus' name, show us those areas. Amen. So the last thing is just, just take a couple minutes and maybe God's already been revealing that to you, but maybe it's just an ability you have and you're wondering, God, how can I use that for you? Or it's your time or it's your money or it's your something else of value to you. Maybe you're confused by it, like I'm not sure how this would work. Just ask him. today feeling weighed down because we talked about exercise and vegetables but they would feel the hope that you call them to your presence that you love us so much that you want us to have the better things the eternal things and they would leave full of hope that they can because of you give their first and best to you because you're worth it. Because of the cross, Lord Jesus, we have all we'll ever need. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship him and give him the glory that only Jesus deserves. Let's stand.